Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibbyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Tiffany McDaniel is the author of On the Savage Side, a novel. 
Tiffany is an Ohio native whose writing is inspired by the rolling hills and woods of the land she knows. Her debut novel, The Summer That Melted Everything, won the Guardian's Not the Booker Award and the Ohioana Reader's Choice Award. She's also the author of Betty, an international bestseller and an Ohioan Library Reader's Choice Award winner. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your novel On the Savage Side. Thank you so much. So, Tiffany, tell listeners what your book is about. It's inspired by the true crime case known as the Chillicothe Six out of Chillicothe, Ohio. A few years ago in Chillicothe, women had started to disappear and go missing. A few of their bodies were discovered. Some are still missing and a still unsolved crime today. Oh, my gosh. You have such an interesting, captivating, and really original writing style. You jump back and forth from the point of view of water, from the river, from a uh, third person with the girls and the mom. Like you're, you're, you take us sort of under and over and around and everywhere to give us a sense of the story and the environment. Tell me a little about how you decided how to tell this story. I really wanted to bring the river into the story. And so we have sections in the book in which the river herself is speaking. And since most of these women were discovered in or by the river, I thought it was important to hear the setting itself, give those final moments and, and give that voice of experience. And as I was looking at this story and kind of looking at how those women were Coming together, I really wanted to especially go back to their childhood. And we go back to Ark and Daffy, and they're the twin sisters within the book. And so I really wanted their younger voice as well as to shine through just as much as the mature voices of this collective group of women. So that was particularly, I mean, just so powerful to read about them, how their mother, who they didn't even understand sort of her drug addiction and what was going on, but how her really out of control behavior affected them in their age and their grandmother trying to help and just the the confusion and fear when their father passes away. I mean, this is all early on, so I feel like I'm not ruining anything, but Tell me about this backstory. I mean, you painted such a clear picture of what their lives were like and the sort of distress and all just all of it, the naked mom in the backyard. Just t- tell me more about this. Where did this come from? How did you write it? And do you do you like do you freak yourself out when you're writing this? Because it's it's like haunting all of it. Yeah, so I will say about Ark and Daffy. So I had grown up playing with kids like them. You know, I grew up in South Central and Southern Ohio in communities that had been affected by drugs. And so, you know, playing with kids and we were very familiar with what it meant to find a used syringe in the road. And so, you know, going back and reflecting on my own childhood and having grown up with kids like Ark and Daffy, I really wanted to infuse the story with those experiences as well. And I had known women like the women in the book, not only in my community, but in generations of my own family, you know, my aunts and uncles and those whose paths led them to addiction. And so it was really about pulling on those threads and seeing, trying to unite them within the story itself. Well, it's interesting you say threads because threads also play into even the title of this book as you write about how that there is a there is a beautiful side and a savage side and how sometimes you have to 
you know, flip over, you know, as if it's a quilt, like flip over the the savage side and try to thread your way to making it more part of the beautiful side. I'm probably not saying that accurately, but tell me about that and, and how you came up with the title. Yeah, so that goes back to the relationship between Ark Daffy and Mama Milkweed. And I really wanted the three of their relationship to really be the shining light and joy of the story. And within the story, Mama Milkweed is uh, someone who crochets. And so she's crocheting the Afghan and telling Ark and Daffy that in life there is a beautiful side and a savage side. And you, especially for kids who are living in homes of addiction, they understand that quite well. They understand, you know, that in life there are these rough situations and these circumstances. And so I really wanted the title to reflect what Mamaw Milkley was saying to these two girls, which is that, you know, there are two sides to life and her trying to teach them how to flip over to that beautiful side because she understood that they would be going through those rough moments in life. And when you're trying to flip a rough moment into a beautiful moment, like how do you, how do you do that? So um, I love nature. That's how I find relaxation and comfort and peace is, you know, going on walks in the woods, being with wildlife. I love animals and being in my cats and the dogs. So it's really through nature that I sort of find the beautiful side of life. Wow. Interesting. And how did you cope as a kid? How did you make sense of the world seeing all this around you? Did you feel like this is what everybody went through or did you know, did you feel sort of un, unnerved by some of the things that you saw growing up? Like how did you, and how did you make sense of it as you got older? I think because, you know, my household wasn't affected by addiction and then the kids I was playing with their household was so it was kind of seen as two sides of life. And I think when you're seeing it from a very young age, that there's also almost like you're getting comfortable with it because you're going with it from such an early age. And so when I would see, you know, kids I was playing with and understanding that they were, you know, suffering abuse and kind of understanding that their household was different from mine in that aspect and everything that they went through as a kid, you're just learning to process everything as, as you encounter it. In terms of the true crime element and structuring the narrative, obviously it was based on, on real life. How did you decide, like, how did you decide what to include, what not to include, how to fictionalize, like, how did you just approach the whole story? Yeah. So the characters are fiction and what's really been inspired by the crime itself is the violence, but you know, these victims and their stories, it really felt like those should be told by those who knew them best, their family and friends. But I did go back and research the case. And as I was looking at the photographs of the women who had gone missing, I actually recognized one of the uh, faces and she was someone I had gone to school with. And so not even knowing that when I had known her all those years ago, she would become someone that I would make myself familiar with again through this case. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. It's really crazy. How did you sort of toggle back from like, what was your life like when you were writing this book compared to the intensity of writing it? Like when you would stop writing, like what was, what would the rest of, like how you would pull away from the computer and then what, like, how did you go back emotionally and to your regular life? And like, what was it like when you were writing the book? So, um, when I write, I write by hand. I only come to the computer when I have to do, you know, something at the file or, or editing, but I'm very much someone who prefers to write the book 
within a notebook, write it by hand. I think doing that allows you a more organic way to go with a story, especially like this one that um, deals with issues such as in the book. And, you know, it's kind of the same way I approach the, the other novels I've written. You know, I've written over 20 to this point and on the savage side falls somewhere in the middle of that stack. And so it's just, you know, learning to approach the story, but also just find that balance with your everyday life. And I find that, you know, like I said, again, in gardening or nature, being with the animals can really pull you out of those darker moments of the story. But doesn't it take forever to write it by hand? Doesn't that like, how do you, and how do you edit it quickly? And all? Yeah, no, that goes like, you know, I write a novel in about 30 days. You know, when I do like the, the middle grade fantasy, I write a book in one to two days. And so for me, writing it by hand just goes so much quicker. Um, I edit by hand. Yeah, it's really the way that I find, you know, it's best approach for me. Some might prefer to write it by computer, but for me, it's, it's always been that approach. You can write a book in one to two days? Yes, especially with, because I also write middle grade fantasy and those I tend to do in one to two days. With my novels, I tend to do about 30 days. And then, of course, you know, when I say that, you have your editing layers and everything. So you're going back through the story. But I've always been someone who likes to build the foundation of a story relatively quickly. I don't like for it to fester for too long. Wow. That is really impressive. Oh, my God. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Tell me about your work as a visual artist. Since I was a kid, I would write a story and I would always partner with some sort of illustration. And, you know, as it's evolved into novel writing, I continue to do that through painting portraits of the characters or painting certain scenes. I really find that that adds a really nice layer to the story. Even in this book, you know, there were some visual elements and photographs and, you know, it was interesting how you tied that all together. 
Yeah, I really, um, throughout the course of this book, we'll see, you know, like a spider image on a page, or we'll see the photograph of the river when the river is speaking. And, uh, you know, Ark is a character who really loves history. And there's a scene in the book in which her mamaw milkweed is setting up her bedroom as this ancient Egyptian tomb, and Mammal Milkweed has put these hieroglyphics throughout the room. And so I really wanted these images throughout the book to really represent the hieroglyphics of these women's lives. Wow. Do you have a different view on crime or preventing crime or communities under siege? Like, what, what did you take away from all of this research? Well, I really wanted to, you know, especially with this book, try to amplify those voices that are often lost. You know, when this crime first started, there were some in the community who felt like because these women were linked to addiction and lifestyle associated with it, that they were somehow active participants in their death. And I really wanted to show that these women were more than the headlines and there were more than those different images that was being sent to the public. And I really wanted to show them as mothers, sisters and daughters. And, you know, that their lives mattered. Wow. What are you working on now? Well, I'm working on three different books. When I do work on a book, once they're written, I tend to edit with several books at a time. So I'm currently editing three novels at this time. I don't know how you keep that all straight. I can barely edit one thing. But that's great. Amazing. What's going to come out next? I'd like to keep that pretty close to the sleeve until kind of, you know, I'm a little bit further in, but I, I can be pretty, you know, keep that pretty and secret until just the right moment. Awesome. And what was it like having all the success of Betty and all of your other work? How does that feel to you? Oh, you just want to continue to make sure that, you know, I'm writing something that, that readers continue to want to take time to journey through the pages of and, and just make something that feels like it's meaningful and of value to them. And I think that that's just remains the goal, you know, is just ensuring that I'm continuing to create books that that readers really find value in. So you obviously have such a gift. I mean, you're so prolific and I mean, in so many different areas. When did you realize that this was writing and, you know, poetry and all of that? When did you realize this was something that you wanted to, that you had a gift in and that you wanted to pursue professionally? Oh, ever since I was a kid, I mean, writing is the first thing I remember doing without being told to do it. And as a kid, I would make homemade books. I would use cardboard as the covers and I would find the books with my mother's crochet yarn. And I had named a publishing imprint after my cat at the time, Sunshine. And so I would publish these books as a kid under Sunshine Publications. And so I've always known from a kid that you know, I wanted to be a writer. And, you know, when uh, my first book came out and I had to go through boxes of, of kind of things to get some material together for marketing. And I found this envelope in an old box and I had sealed it and I had written on the piece of paper, I hope to become a writer and to write something that people want to read. And I had sealed the envelope probably to kind of seal the kiss or the wish. And so it was something I definitely always wanted to do. Wow. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? A lot of perseverance. You know, when I first started, the first book I wanted to get published was Betty. And so that's what I went out the gate with. And it would be close to 20 years before I got a publisher to that, you know, especially before things change with the Me Too moment and kind of perspective on female-led stories. When I first went out with Betty, you know, I was told several times, 
to change her to a male narrator because they sell better or to take out some of those things about the menstruation or the bras because it would make readers uncomfortable. You know, they didn't believe that that sexual abuse would happen to more than one woman because they would talk about it. And then, you know, the Me Too movement kind of flipped the thing where people were much more open about things that they had experienced. And I'd actually heard that so many times changed to a boy narrator that that was how my first published book came out. I, I looked through the books I'd already written and that one had a male lead. And so that was how that one ended up being published. So I would say for all who's looking to get published, you have to stay determined and persevere. I love it. That's awesome. So who do you love to read? Like who are some of your favorite authors? I primarily read nonfiction. Um, I love history. I love the sciences, particularly the archaeological sciences, anything to do with paleontology. I'm in it for it, but I read very little fiction. Nonfiction is, is really kind of my appetite. Interesting. Well, Tiffany, this has been so fascinating. Thank you so much. I'm so impressed with you and the way you write and your whole sort of creative approach to everything. And I mean, this book, like in the category of books that make you feel, I mean, this book, like it could make you almost sick to your stomach, you know, in a good way, in like a very, it was super, super powerful. So hats off. (laughs) You're very kind. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 